Hey, welcome to GFC and Online, where we're reserving a little bit of the online world as a place for you to connect to God and connect to your neighbor. We are doing a series of podcasts right now on calling and the stories of people, pastors, and the Church of the Nazarene in the state of Georgia who have been called in the ministry. So we're interviewing them and asking them questions to learn about their journey. I think this is important as we hear their voices and we start to hear some of the challenges they face but also some of the ways which they've nurtured their faith. And I think maybe these can be examples for us to nurture our faith as well. But I'm glad you're here. In today's episode, we get to hear uh, Pastor Rhonda Fry, uh, who's a pastor at Battlefield Parkway Church of the Nazarene. And uh, she writes music. Uh, She helps to facilitate and organize a daycare uh, that's connected to their church. Uh, And she's an administrative pastor. I think you'll enjoy what she has to say as we talk about uh, challenges for women in ministry. We talk about calling. We talk about the meaning of scripture uh, for her faith journey. Uh, So I'm glad you're here. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, I'm with Rhonda here, and uh, we just started talking about faith journey and uh, Rhonda, what would you say are the major bookmarks of your faith journey? Well, obviously I think the first one I would have to talk about is my salvation experience. I grew up in the church. I have wonderful godly parents, godly grandparents, and I was in church from the time I was probably three, two or three weeks old until mm. till now, but, mm. and also went to a Christian school, but I had a lot of head knowledge about God. I had memorized a lot of scripture. I passed a lot of tests to, you know, to pass mm-hmm. through a Christian school, but I really didn't have a relationship with God. And when I came to a crisis moment, um, I surrendered and I was so tired of how I was living. I knew I was ready to, to do life God's way. I knew mm. enough about it, but um, it was that point that I was so frustrated with the mess I had made in my own life. I was ready to mm. just um, give my whole life to the Lord. Yeah. Tell me more about that crisis moment. Um, well, <laughs> it's kind of ugly, you know, sin's ugly thing. And I had, gone ventured down a path just going farther and farther away from how I was brought up I knew better but I was exploring and experimenting and as you experiment with um, sin you know what roads those usually lead you down and I was just in a moment of pain and, and it just so happened to be at the same time I was experiencing a lot of physical pain and um, I was literally thinking I was dying and that was my gallbladder. <laughs> but oh. I remember being in the hospital. Um, I didn't know. I was having other physical issues at the same time. And I remember being in the waiting room. Um, they had run some tests on me. And I remember laying there thinking, I have totally wasted my life. You know, I, I have nothing to show for myself. And, you know, I didn't know what they were going to say when they came back in there to tell me what was wrong. And and I thought, you know, I I just felt like I was dying. I was in that much pain. And I just didn't want to face God knowing that I had made such poor choices. And at that moment, I was like, Lord, I don't know how much time I have left. But, you know, if I live a long time, or if I live a few more days, or if today's it, I want to live that time for you. And Mm -hmm. that was my 
moment of I, mm. I I consider that my salvation moment of just that's when I wanted him and his ways and I was tired of myself. Mm. So yeah, it sounds like a major bookmark yeah. for your faith journey. Right. Where did you go from there? Well, um, I really, I got a hold of a good Bible that was one that I understood. I knew, um, I had memorized a lot of the King James being that I went to an independent Baptist school. But when I started reading a, a translation that I understood, I really just fell in love with scripture. And my relationship with the Lord was just really, really starting to blossom and I, I was just so enamored and just falling in love really with, with the Lord. And, mm. um, and during that time of, of just accelerated spiritual growth, and I would say accelerated because I just could not get enough. I was reading scripture and I couldn't put it down and, um, I was taking my Bible literally everywhere I went. And, um, but I also noticed flaws and I would be frustrated with myself and I knew there were things that I couldn't change and I was helpless to change. And I really felt certain ways and that I knew was wrong and I couldn't change that. And mm. um, that led me down a path of, of entire sanctification and learning what it meant to, to let the Lord have those motives and let him change me in ways, let his grace work in me in ways that I couldn't fix myself. And so that was probably... I mean, that was a very life-changing moment um, for me, but it was a path. It was a process of getting there. Um, I'd heard the term sanctification because I grew up in the Church of Nazarene, and I didn't know what it was. But I also had a friend um, that was— Help me uh-huh. help me understand sanctification. Just, yeah. I, I just want to have that available for any listeners that might right. want to know more about it. Um. What was your question again exactly? Yeah, sanctification. Yeah. De- just define it real quick. Define it? Oh, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, for me, it was, it, it, it's, it is a lifestyle, but there's also a crisis moment I feel like that we come to um, when we get to the place that we know, like for me, just to be real specific, I wanted to be the director of our daycare. That was the mm-hmm. big thing. Um, that was going on in my heart. I was loving Jesus and I wanted that so badly that um, when it didn't happen, I, I was very frustrated. But my real motive wasn't to lead little boys and girls to Jesus. It was to be the best I care ever. And when mm. I feel like I was confronted with, with what my real motives were, I knew it was wrong to feel that way and I couldn't help myself and I couldn't fix mm. it. And um, I remember I, I just happened to look down at a water bottle one day and it said the, the word purify and um, or purified. And I remember looking at that word and thinking, my heart is not pure. It's just not. This is how I really, really feel. I can't change that. And um, so I didn't know what a fast was, but I, I sort of did a fast without knowing. But every time mm. I wanted Diet Coke, I replaced that with water and I would pray, Lord, just purify my heart, purify my motives. I can't change myself. And um, mm. so that was kind of the, the path that I went down. And then I started reading things about um, about sanctification and just exploring. And I got to the point, um, I learned that 
for the Lord to do this work of grace in my heart that I needed to surrender absolutely everything, you know, I had given him my, my, my heart, you know, back when I was saved, but there were things I was holding on to. And the Lord just started this process of, I want all of you and I want to have my way in your heart and I want you to cooperate with me so this grace can flow. And, mm-hmm. um, and that was, that was another crisis moment where I came to full surrender and I wanted, I, I wanted the Lord to have, you know, my, my attitudes, mm-hmm. my, my children, my finances. I, I can't remember carrying around lists of, of things, you know, I would just journal and I would pray and I would say, Lord, I want to give you this. I want, you know, different things would come to my mind. Um, and the song Water Than Snow was just on my heart. I carried the lyrics around in my pocket all the time, but I came to a point of, Lord, I have surrendered every possible thing of, of my life that I can think of. I, I can't do anymore. And at that time, I just said, it, you've got to do your work. I've done my part. I've done all the surrendering I, I can do. But now I need, by faith, I need you to cleanse my heart and to purify my motives and to help me live in all these areas of my life in love that would please you. And so that was a very defining moment. Um, like I said, I had been reading books, you know, and, and I wanted to feel something. I wanted to know, I wanted to have like a witness of the spirit. I wanted the spirit to the Holy spirit to verify that he was doing that work. And I kind of got hung up there for a while. And I remember, um, going to the altar on a Monday afternoon when nobody was in the church. And I remember just kneeling at the altar and just praying and saying, Lord, I have surrendered everything. I'm not leaving here until you, you know, cleanse my heart. I, you know, I'm not leaving. And and I don't know what I was expecting. Looking back at it now, it kind of feels silly, but, um, but I remember just, you know, just camped out at the altar, refusing to leave. And, and I felt something, I felt air like hit me and I thought, Oh, maybe this is it. And it was the air conditioning. <laughs> and I got so tickled mm. at myself. I thought, Rhonda, this is so silly. This, you know, I, I can't do anything else. This is a God thing. And I, I got up and I walked away with confidence. And then it was a few days later that, um, the Lord just, I felt his presence so strong, so strongly. Um, I felt his presence and it felt like something deep in my heart um, was married to the Lord. I felt like I didn't have any doubts. I knew I was his and he was mine. I'm not sure if that makes any sense. It does in my heart, but I, he, he settled those questions for me that he was definitely working his grace in my heart. Well, thank you. It sounds like an important part of your journey yes. and lined up with the time that you're running this daycare, this daycare is a part of the church that you're working in now. Is that right? It just took a big circle (laughs) to get me from that point all the way. I mean, many years later back around, but yes. So you, how did you transition from, uh, and yeah, as I understand it, you're still very involved in the daycare and still uh, organizing it. Right. What was the step into uh, leading worship, or was that something you were already doing? And and now you're administrative pastor. <laughs> Tell me more oh, it's about so that. So complicated to try to explain. Other than when God calls you and He has a plan, He is going to work out that plan. And 
nothing is going to stop it, but he will develop you along the way, if that makes any sense. But that's really what I went through. I, I literally surrendered the idea of the daycare because I knew my heart wasn't pure on that. And um, I remember just offering my heart and my life to the Lord. And again, I was so thankful for the forgiveness that I felt for the love that I was feeling and for his presence. And I would, it just seemed like increasingly I just became more and more um, aware that I wanted to do something back for the Lord. I mean, he had been so good to me and I just, it seemed, seemed to intensify um, that I wanted to repay him with my life. You know, I didn't know what that looked like, but it was intensifying mm-hmm. that I just wanted to do something for him. And, you know, I was signing up to do it, anything and everything, you know, if anybody needed a nursery worker, I would do that. If you needed somebody to help in the kitchen, I do, you know, all those kind of things. But, um, I just remember being at the point of just saying, Lord, I'll, I want, I'll do anything for you. I'll go anywhere. I'll say anything. I'll do anything. And I let the daycare go. And that was really my heart that I would do anything and everything for the Lord. And, um, there was a time that, I mean, I, I have another defining moment of when I know that the Lord called me into ministry. I just didn't know. I didn't have all the pieces of the puzzle yet. It didn't make sense. Um, but I knew the Lord had already given me the gift of songwriting. That was kind of just dropped in my lap. And it was really like yeah. the Lord just kind of took me on a, a field trip, just a, a journey away from the daycare yeah. and um, open, started opening up doors. With the daycare, I had experience. I had education. But with the worship and the music, I didn't have anything I, I can't even read music I can't I've never had a voice lesson I've never had a songwriting at that point I'd never even thought about writing a song I you know all of that was just hmm. gifts and I just started to walk by faith in that direction and the Lord started opening up doors that there is no way I mean when I look back on some of the things that I went through <laughs> um, things like interviewing Gloria Gaither or Marnell Harris some of these people that are just giants and Christian music. I never thought the Lord would put me at their, you know, sit at their feet in a sense Mm. to learn about worship from people like that. It was not the conventional go to school kind of thing, but the Lord took me on a hands-on journey. I learned very well hands-on. I'm a very hands-on learner. And that's what he did with me. He took me on this journey of learning hands-on as we made this full circle back <laughs> to the daycare. And I didn't even know I could lead worship. I didn't even know I could play. I, it's so funny when I when I mean, sometimes it just still blows my mind that I walk up to the keyboard and do this because I don't have really the, I don't have the education, of course, and I, I don't have really the experience. But when I was a little girl, I used to love to play and sing. And I just, I taught myself to play the piano and I would play for hours and hours when nobody was listening and I would worship, you know, during my time of that growth that I talked about, I would just play my mm-hmm. keyboard and sing to the Lord. And nobody heard it. But, um, and then I look where he's brought me into that. That's my, I think that's my highest calling is, is the worship more than it is the administration and the daycare and all that, because it's gifts. Those I can't explain mm-hmm. how I can play or how I can sing or, or do any of those things. It still blows my mind. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so eventually, go ahead. You, no, eventually you 
Sorry, I interrupted you. Eventually, no, I was what? just going to say that eventually, you know, this path led me right back around full circle. And my motives were pure this time around. I, I really wanted mm. the daycare to be a ministry of the church. And I wanted these kids to really love, you know, grow up learn, here learning about the Lord. And, you know, yeah. it was a ministry and it wasn't just, you know, I can be the best. <laughs> Wow. Thanks. Uh, I was going to ask you between you get to wear so many hats in Mm -hmm. ministry. um, And just from me having conversations with you, I I really respect you Mm -hmm. and and, uh, appreciate your leadership and experience. I know you kind of downplayed it there, but I guess what I'm curious about is where do you feel most alive in the different hats that you, you do hold in ministry? Um, I know you're, you know, what you're doing with daycare, certainly in ministry and worship and then administrative, and maybe there's other Mm -hmm. things too uh, that aren't, you know, in front of me, but what, when do you feel most alive in ministry? And what does that look like? Um, I have a really great friend ask me, a very similar question because with all these hats, it's real easy to get stressed out <laughs> and, you know, mm. try to figure out how can I whittle some of this. But she asked me um, on Monday, if you could do anything that you wanted to do with no pressures of any other deadlines or anything else, and you just did what you wanted to do, what would your day look like? And I just took a deep breath and, and I said, I would just get my Bible and I would curl up and I would just have this marathon reading section and I would get a Mm. pen and a piece of paper and I would just write, 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 write everything, you know, things that I learned or the things that the Lord showed me or what the scripture said. And I would just, I would marathon all day long, alternating, reading and writing, reading and writing and reading and writing and and that's, that's what makes me feel alive. I love, 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 love scripture. And I, I love to write. So I think that's where I probably come the most alive. But the writing kind of filters into different areas. Like the writing might end up kind of in a song that I could share. Or the writing could mm-hmm. be an article. Um, or it could be um, a sermon. It could be, you know, those kind of, it, mm. it kind of gets splintered yeah. at that point. Uh, but even the writing with the daycare, some you know, I, I don't like writing policies and procedures and handbooks and things like that. But some of the writing kind of goes that way as well. Um, but that's where I come most alive. I really love scripture and, and I love to meditate on it. And then I love to write about it. And I've been a journaler for a long time. And, and I, I love to just sit down with a blank piece of paper. I usually have blank paper around me at all times um, just so I can just write what I'm thinking. And, you know, a lot of times the page will say, Mm. dear Jesus, and I'll just empty the contents of my heart. And then a lot of times I'll write in faith what I feel like the Lord is saying to me. Um, Of course, I have to be careful Mm. with that, you know, and it's going to line up with what the written word, you know, says. But um, I don't know. That's where I come most alive is with, reading scripture and writing scripture. I mean, writing like a response to it. Yeah. I'm curious. Tell me more about your calling and maybe what you might say. If someone were to ask you, what is your calling? What are you, what are you called to do? 
I'm curious as to what you might say because you used words um, like field trip and journey and awakening. It was a discovery mm-hmm. process. So let me just say, what would you say is your calling? I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I mean, it it doesn't really change, but it has shifted, I think. I just know going back to the original time that I know, like my, my pivotal moment that I knew that the Lord called me into ministry, I had been, it seemed like every time I opened up my Bible, I was reading about water. It was just kind of a weird thing, mm-hmm. but a friend, a Bible teacher, you know, I just mentioned it like, you know, Hey, I wonder why I don't, you know, don't understand this, but she said, you should read Ezekiel 47. I'm trying to make this short because I don't want to take up too much of your time. But as I read Ezekiel 47 for the first time, just the words just literally burned in my heart. And I knew when it, when it talked mm. about everywhere the river goes, um, there's life, life abounds everywhere this river goes. And the words that the Lord spoke to my heart on Nashville Street, and I don't remember the date, but I can take you to the place. But what he said in my heart was, I'm inviting you to come into the deep water with me. And that was my little piece of his, I felt like he had spoken to me that I have clung to through the years, but I didn't really know what it meant. Um, other than this river is, is ministry. It's grace. It's, but I knew God wanted me in, um, in mission with him, with that work. And I knew I was to be flowing with that. That's really all I had. And I've been working that out. And it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, in my preaching class that I had in January, um, that passage was one of the passages that I read about in my textbook about being ministry. And I was like, wow. Um, so I don't know. I don't think my, I don't know. I, I'm still working it out. I just, I know that I am yeah. just partnered with him. So you were saying, um, one of the things you were talking about was your your calling and 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 finding meaning in scripture right. with the Ezekiel passage passage. So it sounds like that. What it sounds to me like, what I hear you saying is that you your calling is in part something you're walking through. You're continuing to discover and understand. Right. That's and, very true. Sorry. And it sounds like that I'm just trying to repeat back what I hear you saying, make sure I get this right. It sounds like the scripture, you find a lot of meaning in scripture and your discernment process uses scripture a bit. Right. Yeah. Scripture. I don't know. That passage has meant so much to me. And every time I even get a new Bible or whatever, that's the first place I turn. I just want to read it in a different, um, a different version, you know, a different language and everything, but it does mean a lot to me. And, um, you know, as I discover this process, um, you know, for a long time, I wouldn't embrace or I was afraid to embrace, well, does this include preaching? You know, if, if no one's asking me to preach and, you know, maybe that's not part of it, but yet I felt the desire to, and, you know, I've had to go back and say, Lord, is that part of my call? Is it, you know, part of, but the, the class that I had my preaching class, um, it just helped me clarify that. And I felt the Lord's, the Lord's presence with me during that class, using that passage, you know, kind of tying it all together. But 
I felt him as I studied scripture, as I prepared for everything. And, you know, it's just, made me open my hands even, you know, more openly as I could to say, Lord, I'll do anything, whatever this call includes, if it's, you know, administration or if it's worship or preaching, I'm just open. I, I'm a servant. I'm still so thankful for what the Lord has rescued me from and how, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 40, but it's the one about how he's, you know, pulled me out of the pit and he set me on, you know, solid ground and he steadied me and he put a new song in my mouth. I'm still so thankful for what he did for me that, you know, if he can use me in any capacity, whatever that looks like, I'm willing to do it. Um, If he'll equip me and give me, you know, the, the, tools that I need to work with or feel empower me, I'll do it. You know, I'm, I just want to serve him. I'm still grateful. So I'm sure there were challenges along the way towards, you know, this, this calling. Can you tell me more about that? Uh, (laughs) Challenges, obstacles. Um, You know, I think for one, I felt like I kind of walked a lot of that path alone in the sense that, um, you know, it, when the Lord first called me, I, I didn't really have a big support system to, you know, to say, Hey, this is going on in my life. Um, so I didn't get, you know, someone to say, okay, well, let's start going through the conventional, you know, training period. And, you know, it, it was just so exciting in my heart. I didn't really have that support system. Mm. And I didn't understand that when God calls you, you know, it's like, oh, okay, Lord, I'm ready to go. You know, it's not like the Lord calls you on Monday and then you get an assignment on Tuesday. There's a huge gap and it's different for everybody. For me, it was a long process that has been very good for me but has been very challenging because I didn't see it wasn't like I was able to just drop everything and jump into school and then you know I had kids I had like I said not a strong support system I I had a lot of unknowns but I felt like Mary um you know when Mary was told by the angel that you know she was gonna have you know a baby and, and she didn't have all the pieces of it Mm-hmm. But she knew, she knew that she knew and nobody else, she could tell people, but really only Mary knew. Um, and so that's kind of how I felt that I just kept holding on to that. Um, as I waited for the assignment, as I waited, you know, for some of that to, to come to fruition, that was the biggest, the hardest part, I think for me, the most challenging is not understanding right up front that, okay, yeah, the Lord called you, but now there's a process of even more um, surrender, even more, um, I don't know, I hate to use the word sifting as wheat, but that's what's coming to mind. I felt like a lot of, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's just, a, I was. I felt like I was in a, a place of growth and that is not always fun. It's beneficial, but it's painful. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's full, there's disappointments and there's, there's battles where, you go through victory and defeat, but you're still climbing up to win the war, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, that that little in between the sometimes I'll I'll refer to it as the amen and there it is, that whole process part has been probably the most challenging. Mm. 
and maybe there's even some challenges that we we might not even you know would be you might should think about more or share more with us uh, mm-hmm. if we had more time right um what about support how did you feel supported along the way um <laughs> that was probably the hardest part I felt like when all this happened I of course went to my dad my dad is my rock my dad was a preacher and you know his dad my grandpa so I kind of come from a long line of that and I remember talking to my my daddy um and I remember telling him what happened through that passage and like like the next day I went to him and, you know, I told him, I said, okay, I think I know what this means, but this is what the Lord said to me. And he, you know, he talked about coming to the deep water and I said, you know, deep water, when I hear that term, it scares me. I think, am I in trouble? You know, is something bad going to happen? And um, so I was able to talk all those fears out and insecurity that I really hear that right. And what does that really mean? And, and my, I remember my dad just crying. He just broke down and cried and he said, but he always calls me baby. And he said, baby, um, deep water is calm water. And he said, you just stay with Jesus in that water and he will work out every detail. And my dad believed in me, I think, well, I know from day one. Um, but it just didn't happen right away with, you know, you, you read things that says, you know, when, when God calls you to ministry, you know, tell your pastor and, you know, and then there's like this whole chain of events that's supposed to happen. That didn't really happen. Um, with me, but I knew, I thought, well, I've got to do something. I've got to prepare. And so I just kind of poured myself into reading more scripture, reading more Bible, and, and just literally just throwing my whole energy, everything I had into learning what the Bible, what it says, what it means, interpreting it. And I did the digging on my own. And I did sign up for... The CLT classes give a little shout out for continuing lay training. And I did about 80 of them, I think. I earned mm-hmm. like six, I think, certificates. And um, I just channeled, even though I felt like there weren't open doors in the direction that I wanted to go, I I made use of my time and what was available. And yeah. I, I declared that, you know, I wanted to be ready for whatever it was. And I knew getting grounded in scripture and I read as much Bible as I could. And I read books about the Bible and, you know, I tried to, to grow theologically just digging on my own. There's not a lot of, and maybe this is something that you'd want to think more about. It's really up to you and how comfortable you are talking about it, but there's not a lot of women pastors or clergy um, in Georgia who are part of the church in the Nazarene. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you find that to be, challenging or uh less than expected did you want to say anything about that yeah i mean it is challenging um as a woman because you know in ministry even though women you know on paper technically women are supported and and you know we welcome women in the church of the nazarene it's not always um realistic even though it's on paper and by that I mean um you know in our Nazarene churches I feel like a lot of times there's other denominations that filter in our doors and that come in and sit on our peace and they're wonderful 
wonderful people and we're, we we open our doors. We want people from the community to come in, mm-hmm. but they bring in those hard nose, um, you know, kind of mentality yeah. that women aren't supposed to be doing that. So when these people come into our churches and they enjoy the services, they get more and more involved and they end up in, you know, eventually into positions of leadership in church board positions and things like that. And they're great, wonderful people, but they've not really embraced that part of our theology and yeah. that part of our, our practice. And, but these people do have, you know, a say so, and, you know, they're going to be uncomfortable if a woman, you know, preaches from the pulpit and, you know, so in those ways, I think it's been challenging um, but I, I have found a, a, a good support system within like women clergy in Georgia. And also I'm part of a Facebook group of women, um, clergy, but, but yeah, it's definitely a challenge and it needs to be, um, it needs to be addressed. And I do think things are changing. And I think there's been, you know, pastors like Tara Beth Leach, I look up mm-hmm. to a lot, but she's outspoken that, you know, that women, we really do need men to embolden us. We need our brothers to, um, to not really pave the way, but to champion us. And, you know, that is very helpful when, when that really does take place, when that happens, because it is a real issue. I mean, the, the big controversy up of, you know, of go home with Beth Moore, you know, that's a real issue. And so, yeah, but, it is what it is. And, you know, you just keep, keep doing the things that you're called to do and mm. just let the Lord work those out. But, but I am thankful um, for, like I said, pastors like Tara Beth Leach. And I didn't really mm. think that I needed, and I'm thinking I am a woman in ministry. I don't need to take that, that class that's required, but yes. it was very eye opening, And I'm very thankful that that is a requirement because, you know, people you know guys sometimes just don't see it you know they don't they think well you've got the the title and you've got you know all you need because you've got the title you are it but Mm. they don't understand that just because you're a woman um you're not listened to equally you know just Mm. for that fact and and so yeah it is a challenge it's one that I continue to to try to work it's not that I think that women you know that we need more women in the pulpit for the sake of more women, you know, in ministry, but there needs to be representation. And if a person is called, whether they're male or female, they have a voice and God needs to work through that voice and it should work together, you know, well, we should be compatible to be able to bring both voices to the table. Mm. Well, thank you for using your voice here and now. I really appreciate it. I think that's good to be heard it needs to be heard well i appreciate you for allowing me the opportunity to talk a little bit about my journey it's i tell you the christian life is definitely not boring (laughs) yeah 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 i guess maybe it's kind of uh uh, just one final question and realize i have you i've had you for quite a while and uh, i hate to take up your time but what hopes do you have for the future when it comes to your calling or your faith journey in general oh goodness give me a second to think on that yeah Yeah, what hopes um i feel like the lord is telling me or or impressing on me 
to express his heart. And I'm trying to figure out what that means, but I guess my hope is that God can use me to influence people to see God for who he is and for how wonderful he is and how loving he is. And um, my hope is that he would continue to open doors for my writing, whether it's a song or whether whatever it is, but I just want God to be glorified. I want people to really worship him and know him for who he is. He is so amazing that we can't even comprehend it. We can't even find words to describe him. But my Mm. hope is that, um, that people would see that I have a real authentic relationship with him and, and they would be inspired to do the same. I am, you know, I'm clergy, but I am, you know, I keep thinking about, you know, I was called later in life and, and I got, you know, saved later in life. And I feel like if, if I can understand things of God and I can draw near to him, anybody can. I mean, I, I believe that you can be as spiritual as you want to be. If you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. And I, I just want to paint this picture as accurately as I can um, of how amazing this God is that loves us so much that he would give his son for us, you know, so we could have this relationship with him. And that is my hope. I just want to, I want to just put him as highly as I can so that people would just be in awe of who he mm-hmm. is and just embrace him and invite him to take up residency in their hearts and to live for him. It's, I mean, there's nothing like um, his presence. And one of the classes that I had on, it was on missions, but I never really understood it in the light of really missions is, is to help people worship the God that, that deserves to be worshiped, but then to help them experience his presence is really about that. And that's my heart. That's my hope is to, for people to make Mm -hmm. that connection. And thanks so much for for all you've been able to share with us today. It's a blessing to hear your journey and your story. Okay. Um, I hope I didn't ramble too much. I get a little excited when I talk about the Lord. No, you're a joy. Thank thank you. Thanks for sharing. I appreciate you. Uh, And we, we, me and our listeners, we, we got to join you on that journey for just a moment. And uh, that's a treat. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us as we've talked about ministry and calling and the challenges that come along with that. Here at GFC and online, we are passionate about helping you connect to God, connect to your neighbor, and we believe that these stories can help us do that, connect to each other and connect to God. If you'd like to partner with us, uh, you can volunteer, you can uh, join us on our podcast, you can uh, send us comments back and forth. Uh, You can partner in those ways. You can also partner by giving. You can do that on our website at www.gainesvillenaz.com. I'm Josh. I'm one of the pastors. I'd love to connect with you. Uh, You can uh, connect with us on socials or however you like. But uh, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Blessings and peace be the journey.